Good evening, everyone. I am David Coleman and uh, just finished an interestingly long day, drove from Cincinnati to Angola, Indiana. And I had two shows today at Trying University, one for general student population. And then I just got done talking to all the student athletes on campus and uh, just, just an energizing, wonderful experience. Many of you know, I'm also known as the dating doctor and talk about relationships and dating. And uh, I can't, I'm so excited about tonight because the reason that I created Bridging the Gap here on Bootleggers Music Group Radio, talking to Paul Jones, the creator of the station, and he said, David, do a podcast. And I said, okay, I want to do something that will help people. I want to help people find things or people or services or purpose that they need in their life. And this ties in so nicely. My guests tonight are Jacqueline Child and Alexa Child, correct? Am I saying that correct? Yes. And you are the co-founders and the co-CEOs of Datable, which I will let you explain in a minute. I also have a familiar face on with us tonight who's also been on the podcast before, Matthew Shapiro, who is a speaker, entrepreneur, lobbyist, uh, self-proclaimed uh, athlete of the century, and uh, all-around good guy. But it's really nice to have all three of you on the show tonight. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. And David, it's actually dateability. I just want to correct you. And oh, dateability. Sure, they get their credit. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sure they would have quickly corrected me. Um, dateability, that's great. And so, ladies, why don't you tell me and us and everyone listening, we're in a lot of countries and a lot of monthly listeners, and there is a decent chance that someone listening tonight somewhere has a disability, is possibly lonely, has been looking for a relationship, and they have not been successful following traditional lines. So where did the idea for datability come from? And uh, how did we get to this point where you're on the program tonight? Yeah, so thank you so much for having us. Um, so I became disabled when I was 14 due to chronic illness. And um, it, it was an interesting adjustment. I had never really been around disability except for my father has a chronic illness. And so that was, was really the only insight I had, but I never felt he, you know, he wasn't involved in the disability community and I, and I just didn't really know much about it. And so it was, it was quite an adjustment um, with everything, but the biggest adjustment I experienced was when I graduated college and I moved to Denver and I moved in with Alexa and we just we were both dating and our experiences were so different. I mean, for for how two were you dating? Do you mind if I ask how were you dating? Were you yeah. getting fixed up? Were you on another platform going, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Give yeah. me give me a little bit of an idea of how you were both dating. You were online more. I was not online. I also was dating somebody for a good chunk of that time that I met at a bar. I would often meet people out though yes. and sometimes we go out together but I often met people out yeah I organically did. and you were on the apps yeah I always use the apps um and there's the traditional dating apps that everyone every millennial knows um I was on all of them basically and um and for two sisters that have like very similar interests very similar values we had completely da different dating experiences and it was really hard to see. It was hard for her to see. It, it was hard for me to see. Um, it, it was just rejection after rejection at any mention of chronic illness. And then when there wasn't any rejection, it was offensive comments. Um, just things people telling me I should never have biological children because it would be selfish to pass on my genetics or or people telling me I was a burden um so it when was you first if you don't mind me asking certain things when they pop into my head when you when you're okay you're on a date or you're trying and you say oh I I became disabled through a chronic illness is the first question which one do they want an explanation so that the average person can go oh okay sometimes and you know it never even was really that straightforward. Sometimes I would avoid the question altogether or any sort of conversation because, and I 
have the privilege of doing that because of my invisible disabilities. Um, but sometimes it would come up because of course in Colorado, everyone's wondering what you do on the weekends. Are you skiing? Are you hiking? Are you biking? And when I would say no, sometimes I would get asked why. And then a lot of times I would just like not want to have to explain myself. So I would just say, you know, like, I don't like the outdoors or which, which is a lie. Um, and, uh, and it was just very awkward timing. Sometimes it would, I would feel forced to disclose because someone, we would be waiting for a table at a restaurant and someone would say, Hey, do you want to go walk around this neighborhood? And I knew that I wouldn't be able to have, I wouldn't have the energy to do both. And so I would have to say, uh, I, you know, I, I deal with some joint pain because of this chronic illness. But to go into your specific question, sometimes I think people would ask because they wanted to do their own research and see how, quote unquote, bad it is and how disabled I am, um, which is not the most appropriate way to go about it. And it's it, so interesting. So is the average person that you encountered taking stock and, and trying to take an inventory of how disabled you are and do I want to get involved with someone like that? Absolutely. Um, I even had one person who, who flat out asked like, so what does, how does your disability manifest? And I even honestly sugarcoated it for that first date at, cause it is personal. And, um, and then after that I had I never heard from him again. May I ask you, may I ask you, I try to ask the questions that I think someone watching would want me to ask Absolutely. and they'd want an answer. Isn't it reasonable for someone to want to know the extent of the, if they're going to get involved with you, if they're going to get involved with me, a person's got to know, um, well, I fly about 150 days a year and I do 170 shows a year and I'll see you the other 260 days. How's that work? So, you know, how's that sound to you? But at, at what point do you feel comfortable coming clean so to speak and saying here's what I have here's where it came from here's how it impacts me here's how it would impact us as a dating couple when yeah. when do you think that's fair to discuss I think is my question and I know you have something to say but I'll say something first um I think when you get to know I, I think that question is reasonable after you get to know who I am it. I never had a point. I never had the chance to prove. No, it's nothing. I it's never had. I never had the chance to prove myself, um, and really have people get to know me for me, um, and that's where I felt like I was being slighted or just not given a fair opportunity at dating. Um, but I, of course, I think it's fair because there are people out there who do not want to date a disabled person. And well, I have to respect that. And see, Matthew's changed my life and he knows that he had. And then uh, maybe that, maybe Alexa will give us her take on this too. But Matthew's changed my life in that there are invisible, invisible. Mm -hmm. And then as, as I walk around and travel this planet, I told Matthew he's ruined me. I don't know whether to love him or hate him, but I can't go anywhere now without going, all right, I got in here. How would Matthew get in here? And all right, I made it to my table. This is true. I made it to my table last night at a restaurant. No way. No way Matthew was getting to the table. I was at, at my restaurant last night. And so it sounds like you are living, and I can't wait for Alexa to, to give me her points here, them getting to know you behind what seems to be a closed door, a little bit of something they don't know they're going to learn they can maybe because with a visible disability, when I, you know, Matthew, he's in a chair and uh, it's, it's just a little easier. When it's an invisible disability, that's got to be a little tougher to let them get to know the real you without coming out and saying, oh, by the way, is is that true or not for both yeah. of you? Yeah, for, for me, it is because my disability does affect so many parts of my life. And it really has shaped who I am. And so that's that's the hard part when I like try to, when I would try to hide it because even this is so silly, but like someone was like, have you ever been to Michigan? And I wanted to say yes, 
I, but the only time I had ever been there was for this like week long doctor's hospital visit. And I didn't want to get into that. And so I was like, no, I've never been to Michigan. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's things like that where it, it is really hard and no one would look at me and think I was disabled. Um, but it has really shaped who I am. And so I do feel like I wasn't able to fully be myself. Alexa, what's your take on some of this? I can't wait to hear. I think that asking somebody if they're disabled is perfectly reasonable if disability wasn't attached to negativity, shame, and stigma. If it wasn't automatically met with, ugh, like that, if it didn't have that reaction. Because then to me, it's kind of like, what's your favorite color? Or what's your favorite band? Or where did you grow up? It's more, but because people are so like the able-bodied society, the majority of able-bodied people, unfortunately, are like look at it as such a bad thing. Then it becomes like this tricky. Are we? When should I tell them? It doesn't become. It's not neutral anymore, and it should be. Um, and I think, and then I think that it's. I have things about me that I do not tell people on the first date or the second date or the third. And I have parts of my personality that will not come out until maybe we're dating six months, a year. And at that point, when they see that side of me, they'll have to decide, okay, do I want to <laughs> date this person? Continue? Is this something I can you know, deal with? Is this something I like? And I think the same is for is should be for one's disability, but it's not at all. I get way more grace than Jacqueline does to be myself and to like be like flawed or just like a normal human being. And there's also an invisible disability. No, I am not disabled. Oh, you're not disabled. No. So I have like the ability to give a perspective from the, like the other side as one, an able-bodied person who dates and two, as somebody who like is on on the receiving end and the giving end. So I've learned when I first started working with Matthew and Matthew, I don't think you're going to mind what I'm about to say, but uh, we we have, we have put Matthew into a position where he is considered an awfully good speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He is a consultant. He's a lobbyist. Ish. Ish. Um, He's got a lot of things going on. And he used to say to me, the one thing that's missing is a relationship. Now, in the past couple of years, that has changed, and Boy Wonder has been doing more dating, and uh, it, it's been, and it's been a change in him. I can see how it has, even if those relationships haven't lasted forever, he now realizes that he is a viable candidate. Matthew might be speaking for you, that you're a viable person that can be involved in a loving, healthy relationship between two people, even though you have a physical disability. Can I also add to that, though, because everything y'all are saying, uh, like, even though, Jacqueline, you have an invisible disability, like, I a million percent relate to uh, everything you're saying of, like, all right, so, yes, you know immediately when I roll into, uh, you know, when I meet someone via Bumble, and like you, most of my dating experience uh, has been via uh, online dating. But there's that weird thing, not in an app that is as awesome as ours, right, with datability, where you have to, um, like, you have to get through that weird part of the conversation pretty early on. And David knows, because he helped me sort of develop my profiles, that I am very forward and outright and straightforward with Hey, I have CP. Hey, I'm a wheelchair user. Hey, like you get dope parking, like, you know, <laughs> all of these things. But I can't imagine like the fact that you have had to like I deal with it too, but I have a little bit of I don't even want to call it a crutch, right? But it's a like I can be out in front of it, right? Um, and I've known you guys for a while now. Y'all are both awesome. Like, and so the fact that like having to navigate that is like I've had to navigate everything you've said but then I can be out in front of it whereas you can't and that's I like that's wild to me so I'm sitting here as a dating doctor the brilliance of datability is 
it removes the statement. And oh, by the way, uh, I might want to tell you about my, you're going in. It's stability. You know that you're on a site. Tell us about the site. Tell us someone's watching tonight or listening tonight and they go, holy crap, really? I've never heard of datability. Take us through. And if you don't mind kind of being succinct, how someone goes, hey, wow, this is so cool. And can I meet people like them? And then can I meet people like Matthew? And how do they do it? So they go on, we have mobile app, like every other dating app. We also have the web app. So it is accessible via desktop or laptop. If there are mobility limitations there that prohibit them from using a phone, you sign up, make your profile. The thing that makes us different besides our target market is the Datability Deeds profile section. It's an extensive list of broad terms used to describe oneself like immunocompromised, wheelchair user, food allergy, personal care aid, anything like that. And they can check what applies to them or write stuff in. And then they start swiping on whoever comes up under their sexual, gender, and age preferences. Um, We have a user-generated algorithm. We think that's the best. And they like, if two people like each other, it's a match and they can start messaging. Wow. And so if someone, someone goes to Matthew's profile, someone goes to Jacqueline's profile. They are going to see from those check marks that you did when you were, they're going to clearly see what you deal with, what what factors are involved. And there's no you having to disclaim them or, or you know, say, discover this with another disclose person. Them. Disclose, them. disclose them. Disclose them, excuse me. Uh, it's fabulous. So that way someone approaching you and flirting or whatever they're trying to do to get your attention, they know. And they then know they know when they're planning a date that, you know, because this ability manifests itself differently in every single person. Two people can have arthritis and one can be a marathon runner and the other one can sometimes be need, need to use a wheelchair. It really just depends. And so right. now this person, maybe who's the marathon runner with arthritis, looks at Jacqueline's profile who has chronic pain and knows not to ask her on a hike as the, for their first date. Maybe something more chill like a picnic. For somebody, if somebody was looking at Matthew's page, they will have accessible restaurants in mind They so that they don't reach the issue where they can't get, you know, he wouldn't be able to use the restroom or wouldn't be able to sit at a table. They would have that in mind. Um, so it's very helpful in many different facets when you're dating. Yeah. And just to add in, the best part of datability in my mind is that it's free. Um, and uh-huh. that was really important. That, to that does not suck. Correct. That, that, uh, yeah. that does not and it was very intentional. Um, we, I mean, love is at the center of all of our lives in so many different shapes and forms. And, you know, they're really as cheesy as it is. Like, there's no price to put on that. And we really now, want I would to be criminal. Them. I would be criminal if I didn't say this. A lot of apps say they're free. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Then... Oh, but if you want to see an email, pay me. If you want to be able to write them, pay me. If you want to be able to give a flirt, pay me. Are there, there are no upcharges. And if the whole site is free, help me understand the business model, other than the fact that you have the largest two hearts on the planet and you're trying to help millions of people, but you also can't run a business that doesn't at least turn a profit. So if it's all free... Yeah. So don't ask for any payment because we don't have that capability right now. And that costs more money to implement and money we don't have um, because we're pretty much a bootstrapped operation right now. So no, it doesn't ask for that. Eventually, and sooner, well, first, sooner rather than later, we will implement ads and start earning revenue through ads. And eventually we would like to tailor those ads to uh, featuring accessibility for companies, disabled founded companies, resources to really make it a community and a marketplace. Second is a subscription model. So eventually there will be a free version always, and you will have full functionality. You can like and match and message everybody. But then the subscription model will have added features and benefits that you can pay for. And that is how we will earn revenue. We are following the business models of every other dating app. Tinder was completely free when it started. And um, once user base was 
robust enough. They added in that subscription model, took away some features, added some features to entice people to pay for it. And so that is the model that we're going to follow. Yeah. But I do have to say there is nothing worse than going on a dating app and then swiping through five people. And then they say, Oh, you, you can't swipe on anymore it's for so 20 to limit. Until, or, or you go you go to return a message and they go, sorry, your free ones are done for the day. Yeah, this person so just, annoying. by the way, I can't wait to meet you. Can it be tomorrow? What? What? Wait a minute. I'm out of them. You have used your free messages for the day. Yeah. It's so, they, it's so, so true. It's it so true. definitely won't be like that. No. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're, I mean, I think to to fairly say like that's one of the reasons that i've i've joined the team too is like from a, a business development side of like how can we how can we do everything that they're saying because i'm in full agreement right all businesses need to make money but then one of the things i've always said is how do we how do we uh know our clientele right so like our clientele is a population of people that don't have a ton of discretionary income so how do we you know, one of the things we've talked about quite frequently is like, okay, if we're going to charge people, let's make it like 10, 20 bucks. Let's not make it $50, $60, $70 to, to use the features. Because if our target audience is people with disabilities and chronically ill folks, they're going to not have that type of resource to, to get on our app. And that's then alienating them like all the other apps have done. A thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. Well, let me ask, ladies, let me ask a quick question. And Matthew, you can chime in too as well, but I'd like to hear from them first. Sure. When I do, when I do relationship seminars, I talk about this, the biggest mistakes I see people make online. Those are more general in nature because of being on Match, being on Bumble, being on Tinder, being on OkCupid, being on them all. Lord have mercy. And, And some of the biggest mistakes people make. Are you seeing certain mistakes that people make? And could you share some tidbits for people if you are going to date someone or attempt to date someone with a disability? Some some pitfalls to avoid? Yeah, I think that I think that some mistakes people make as a as disabled people is, and I went through this period of my life where I made everything about my disability. Like I pigeonholed myself into this world where I didn't enjoy, I didn't have hobbies. I didn't really enjoy anything else. I didn't, I wasn't curious. I wasn't exploring. And I, I went to the, my doctor's appointments. I had procedures and I, the only thing I thought about was my health And maybe that's what my body needed at the time, but it just was not what my mind needed. And I really closed myself off to everything in the outside world. And so I I urge that people still explore things and, and some things you'll explore and you'll realize that, you know, oh, this hobby that I thought I would be interested in, I'm not in, or I can't do this. Let me find something else. But I think, you know, never stop being curious about, about things. And open, and open yeah. things. I think the other thing that I see being made, I'm going to say that I see being made is the hesitancy for a disabled person to date another disabled person, which is fascinating to me as someone who's not disabled. Like, you're discriminating against yourself and I can't and I had a really hard time wrapping my head around it I'm like you complain that you're discriminated against and then you're discriminate you discriminated against your like essentially against yourself and Jacqueline George Costanza on Seinfeld was bald and didn't want to date a bald woman I remember that episode right yes Yes. and no like no one wants to date themselves I do not want to date like a carbon copy of myself but disability is so diverse and I think but and I think disabled people a lot of times have some shared perspectives, shared values. They might look at the world differently or the, you know, the same as each other, but differently than like an able-bodied person who had everything handed to them. And I know that when I'm looking for my partner, I'm looking for someone who looks at the world similarly to me, who values the same things as me, who envisions a similar future. And I think that it's just easier when you have similar backgrounds, when you come from very similar places or experiences. And so no, Jacqueline doesn't have to date somebody with lupus and arthritis and everything, whatever else she has, 
But if she dates somebody who's disabled or chronically ill, I just think it would, it's a, there's so much more understanding and respect and um, kindness Mm -hmm. there that, you know, people are jerks. So, (laughs) so would you like to share something? Yeah. Um, So what you just said, Alexa, really close to home because uh, my most recent relationship was my first uh, relationship with someone who was also a wheelchair user. And it didn't work out for other reasons that were not related to her disability. However, it is interesting that you said what you said because that had... Like, people always ask me, uh, like, why wouldn't you date somebody else who's a wheelchair user? And my retort has always been, I would if they have, to your point, like, the same level of interest. And and there is attraction there, right? I think, like, the the interesting element has always been, well, why don't you date someone with a disability? Well, like you know, that girl's over there. She's also a wheelchair user. That's great, but, like, if I'm not attracted to that person, like, for any number of reasons, right? There are numbers of attractions that, that, you know, it's not just about beauty, but it's about intellectual connection and, and, like, can they hang with me in a conversation? Because my greatest strength is my ability to communicate. And so if they're, like, a ditz, like, that won't work. Um, and so we also talked with Matthew and I, we also talked about the fact there's a wheelchair user with another wheelchair user, yeah. neither one can drive, which automatically places a third. Now there's a third dating party because those two aren't getting together unless someone else is dating them to each other. Yeah, driving, I, excuse me. Driving I appreciate the complication there. So, and I would never suggest to you that you should date another wheelchair user. Listen, if you want to, you want to, but I think that's holding you and like putting you in a corner but right. i would but i also would suggest like if somebody with a disability or chronic illness is probably going to have a better understanding of your life even if they're not a wheelchair user because jacqueline's not but you guys can relate on several different areas of life but 100%. i think like people with the same disability have to date each other is like so short-sighted because that's like saying i should date somebody like who's a democrat right right <laughs> i don't you know, no, and like you're you're a hundred percent right, right? Like, um, it, it but it, it it's been an interesting, um, it was an interesting time for me to like navigate that, and mm-hmm. and again, we we broke up for reasons that were completely unrelated to us both being disabled, um. And I, again, I would be open to it again, right? It's it, it like, I think that's the thing, right? It's like society, it's very weird. And I'm, you know, uh, Alexa, that's what you're talking about. It's like society expects you to date someone else with a disability. And it's like, I will, if again, I find them attractive. I hate, like they're cool to hang out with all the things that anyone else would, would look for in a partner. Um, but oddly enough, like they're like, they, society instantly matches disabled people together and it's like no i can date them but i can also date able-bodied people now for me there's a different level of uh requirement if i am to date someone with a disability because i have care needs um and jacqueline i I don't want to assume right uh but i have high level of care needs and so one of the struggles i've always had is bringing in that element of personal care into my relationships and finding, all right, when is the right time to, to like start diving into that conversation? Uh, what do you do if that person, cause I navigated this in another relationship. What do you do if that person's not like, not really willing to do personal care, right? Like, do you, do you try to change that? Do you bring a third person in to do the care? And then it, there's a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of angles that that come with that but um i think i say all that to say like society really does need to change how they perceive people with disabilities should date yeah alexa you you said something and i want to come back to it because i thought it was really neat and i just want i'm going to ask you a pretty direct question you said when when he was talking about getting another person in a wheelchair and you said 
you know, if I was advising you, I probably wouldn't advise you to get in a personal wheelchair. It might pigeonhole you. And, and I, I thought that was really interesting from you. Do you, as an able-bodied person, yet co-founder, co-CEO with your sister, watching your sister with a disability date, do you find that you're more direct on what you see two people's possibilities could be since you are an able-bodied on the outside looking in? Or does that not have an impact? Hmm, that's a good question. Because you were very direct. You yeah. said the math. Yeah. I really wouldn't very direct. person that would be pigeonholing you. That's the, that's the, that's the thought, lawyer. Wow, that's and, yes, and here you are. And it's the brilliance cool. of dateability is, and I, I can't wait to ask you. I still want the answer to that question. But just we just passed nine eleven. And what's the one thing people ask each other? Where were you? Where were you? I want to know where you two were when you went, holy shit, dateability. Okay, I want to know what happened that I know this story. Hey, well, that's a good story. Hey, that guy's a jerk. That guy's a jerk. We're not putting up with this anymore. We're starting our own thing. But I still want to go back first to, do you think you're more direct? Do you have a different perspective on who might want to date whom because of the degree of difficulty that could happen between two people yeah I think I have a unique perspective because I'm an like an outsider looking in but I also live with Jacqueline so I see every day like I'm you know truly an ally and no I can't speak for the disability community but I am like one like I mean it's somebody if an able-bodied person is gonna be an ally it would be me yeah. because I live with you and I really do understand and appreciate the disabled experience as much as an able-bodied person can yeah. But I just think it's like, so what's the word? If I was like, Oh, if Matthew and I were hanging out at a bar and then I see another wheelchair user come in and they go, Oh, Matthew, there's a girl in a wheelchair. You should go talk to her. Like that's so it's like condescending. Yes. And like offensive and like, it's also know. convenient. It's also convenient. Yeah. Oh, there's a, let's just out of right. convenience. Shouldn't you two, Oh, and you're both disabled and there's right there. There you are. Like so love. Gonna be love. No, no. And Matthew's going, but I'm not attractive. By the way, I can date an able-bodied person. There are multiple. This is like an onion. It's like peeling an onion, and you're getting through layers and layers and layers till you get to the core. There are so many complexities. I'm, I'm so impressed. It's. Can I add to? Yes. Can I jump into because like, it's it's interesting, right? Because. Yes, there are so many layers to it, right? Um, but again, for me, I'm not like, yes, attraction is there. Again, intellectual capability is there. But like also someone that's just dope to be around, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to hang out with someone that is uh, not a nice person, right? Like, and that just, and so like to assume oh, it'll be love at first sight, like, when two disabled people get together, like, yeah, you're making an assumption. And then also, what's to say an able-bodied person couldn't, and, and this happens all the time, and this is, like, also why we're doing the app. What's to say a, a, an able-bodied person couldn't find me, Jacqueline, or someone else with a disability attractive, right? We know that there's the angle of, like, devotee, and, like, that's not what we're going for, obviously, but, like, you know, there's this assumption that this. Hey, I think you're both attractive. I'm not in the market to date either one of you, but I think right. you're both attractive. Right. I think everybody exactly. on the podcast is attractive. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ahead, I, that's why we want, we welcome and encourage able-bodied people to join the app. And we think that way it acts as a really good filter because Bumble, you're going to have people who discriminate against people with disabilities. Those people, people who tell Jacqueline not to have kids, they're never going to join dateability. But somebody like me, who is accepting and doesn't view it as a negative, will join dateability. And so there is that diversity. We aren't saying, oh, disabled people can only date disabled people, but we want to just give disabled people a safe space to date. Whether okay, it's okay, let me ask this question. Based on what you just said, based on what you just said, and I, I told you I asked the tough question. I'm going to throw out two words, and I want to hear where you go with it. People with kinks and perverts, people with predators, where there's, and I, believe me, I've had, I, I coach people on relationships. I have had clients who have had disabilities 
and they'll get they'll other be, than me, other than me, other, absolutely other than you, <laughs> and they will yeah, other than you for sure. I'm not talking about you. Sure. We'll say this person showed a lot of interest, and then I found out they're into chairs, they're into feet that don't work, they're into so so. There's that. There's the quote kink of wanting to date someone that too, <laughs> and, and then possible predators who believe it gives them a leg up on the person they're dating. Yeah, we haven't had any devotees on the app. No one with a kink. I'm, to be completely candid, shocked that not one person out of the over 8,000 users we've had has not had a kink or hasn't been, you know, reported as being like offensive and perverted. That's almost a miracle. It's almost a miracle. I know. I'm really shocked. It's like sad to say, but I was like, I I was holding my breath. I'm, you know, it'll happen one day and we'll kick them off the app. But... Well, you're business owners. You've thought about all this and you'll have an answer and you'll be ready for it. Right. Yes. We will kick them off the app immediately. There are consensual devotees where the disabled person is consenting to that devotee relationship. And while that might not be Jacqueline style or Matthew style, like we, who are we to judge? So like, that's different. But the perverted, like the perverse, like you only see the chair, you only see the limb difference. That like, no, we don't want that. Um, or the predator who thinks it gives them a leg up because yeah. they're able body and their partner wouldn't be. Right. Yeah, that one's hard. That one's hard. And that one's hard on any app. Like you're going to come across that on any app Every or app, like, he's a disabled person and they're a shitty, like the other person's a shitty person. And they're like, oh, I'm going to target this person or I'm going like, to use them as my punching bag, whatever it is. No one else would date me. So therefore I'm going to date them. Right. So- yeah, they would feel lucky that they're dating me because, yeah. you know, ladies, if you want a dating helper, if you want a dating coach time to time, whatever, I believe totally in what you're doing. And I, I think it's so neat. And uh, if I can be helpful, I'd be happy to be helpful. And now I want to know. I want to know. So, uh, Jacqueline, you've dated a couple wonderful humans who turned out not to be wonderful humans. And let's go for an eight mile walk. Sorry, I can't. And. At what point in time did you two go um, dateability? Yeah, so it was October 2021. And I had for years been struggling with a disease called gastroparesis, which is paralysis of my stomach. And so it makes digesting hard, very difficult and um, frequent vomiting and discomfort. And I, you know, I tried all the treatments and nothing was working. And finally, my medical team said, you know, if you keep living like this, you are going to develop esophageal cancer pretty Mm -hmm. early in life. And that, that put me into a headspace where I was like, okay, I'm all in, let's do what I need to do. And that was get a feeding tube placed in my abdomen. And that was a very hard moment. And it was hard because of how it would change my social life even but that happened at approximately what age Jacqueline um it was 27 26 27 that is a very difficult that's a difficult decision for any adult yeah but a lovely vibrant 27 year old like yourself that's got to be because that is life-changing that is life-altering yeah Yeah. thank you and uh, you know Alexa was nervous, like even how would it change our relationship? And I was like, what am I going to do on holidays? And it it was just a very scary, but the I knew that my friends and my family would be there no matter what, but I was nervous of how I was going to explain this to people on dating apps and how, you know, when so- someone asks you to just like go to dinner for your first date, now that was like kind of the one thing that I did regularly as a first date. And now I wasn't going to really be able to do that without mm-hmm. being comfortable or having to go to the bathroom and, and puke. Um, and so I had said to Alex, you know, I just wish there was a place where I could meet someone like me uh, who wouldn't judge me for my chronic illnesses. And she flat out then said, let's, let's make it. And we called mm-hmm. our parents. We asked them if, they thought it was a good idea and they said yes. And we literally started drawing and creating the app from my hospital room. I was there for over a week 
recovering and we just you know put our heads together and brainstormed and came up with dateability yeah but that's why i love them right because like they're not kidding when they say they've bootstrapped this thing right like they found uh you know, a web developer and and got the right situation with the web developer. They are hustlers on social media. Like it is crazy. I need my social media game to 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 reach that level. Um and and again, it's filling a need that like truthfully didn't exist before I knew about it. Like when I told you about it, how excited was I? Because I was like <laughs> <laughs> like you know this is no one is doing this right and so um i i love i love them and i love their energy i love what they do and i'm glad to like be a part of it in some small way Big let's way. let people we're, we're not at the end yet but i want to give people a chance to even while we keep going with the interview tell people how to find it tell people how to find you uh, give out information right now that people can go to. Yeah, so you can search the App Store on your iPhone or Android, Datability, and you can go to databilityappapp.com to sign up via computer. And then we're on all the socials, um, on Instagram, Datability app. We're on TikTok, Datability. Um, so really anywhere where you'd think to find us, we're there. <laughs> can I ask y'all a question? Because I didn't know this. Do we have a web platform? Like I know we have the app, but can we can you also look at profiles on the computer? Yes, absolutely. How? Databilityapp.com, Matthew. <laughs> on the website so many times. I don't know how uh, to do that. Now you see why I love him like a son. Now it's it's just clear. It it takes a village. He's got his Virginia family. He's got me in Cincinnati. I'm I'm a ranger. Guys in Denver. Takes a village. Takes a village. We're happy to do it. About success story. Any success stories yet out of the eight thousand? So we had heard of a couple who started dating, and then similar to Matthew, like they broke up, but it had nothing to do with the disability. It was completely normal relationship stuff, which. It was like, yeah, exactly. The proof like, is duh, yeah, duh. Uh, well, this works. And like, of course, like m- people aren't going to most likely, you know, disabled, two disabled people aren't going to ditch someone because of their disability, most likely. They'll break up for other reasons because people are complex. E- exactly. And so that was really cool. That was within like the first two months of launching that these two people started dating. No, um, like, nailed it. <laughs> so that that was great um and you know we hear people going on dates and meeting meeting virtually which has been a real a real beauty to see I mean people are able to choose from either like searching in their 100 mile radius or turning it off and searching across the platform because we have seen that virtual relationships are very meaningful and especially in this time of the pandemic it is something that a lot of chronically ill and disabled people desire. And like, I think, I think there's also this mindset of like, it's also not just romantic relationships, right? Mm-hmm. It's just relationships period so that you can connect with people, right? Like everyone knows I am the most extroverted human on the planet. And I really? crave be quiet. I crave, uh, I crave connection, right? And so, like, yes, obviously the first goal is romantic relationship, but just having someone to lean on when you're like, I had a crappy day, like, what do I do, right? Or um, anything else, like, that's also where dateability will fill a void, right? And I know I, that I will pay you both to help him find someone because I get those calls. So when there's been a crappy day, I get those calls. And if, if he was in a relationship, someone else would get those oh, calls. Oh, you get those calls now. I'm all, in. I'm all in. Consider me a sponsor. I'm all in. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> Ladies, no. uh, words of advice. Words of advice for someone who might be watching tonight. They might have a visible or invisible disability. Uh, there's been some rejection. Jacqueline, I, I think I heard you feeling some rejection or 
and and people don't realize how difficult it is when it's in reverse when you're the one rejecting the other that's mm -hmm. not i mean it hurts to be rejected but there's also that little bit when you have to tell another person bye bye and they're like why and they don't see why i'm dealing uh, with that now <laughs> i'll bet you are uh <laughs> yep any, any words of advice about someone who's watching this listening to it this will be obviously it'll be on youtube and it's on, it's on a number of uh, video platforms, but it's also on Spotify and others. So a, a few tips for people on the outside looking in. This has been intriguing. They might be a bit hesitant. I don't want any more hurt. I don't want any more loss. I don't really want to divulge all that stuff, but gosh, I'm lonely. Yeah, I can go first. Yeah. Well, I'll say the old cliche, better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. And... Hurt is part of the game. Listen, I've never dumped any serious boyfriend. I've always been dumped. So it just it happens to the best of us. Um, and I'm a catch. But <laughs> I say, like, don't lose hope. I do believe there's someone out there for everybody. If that's what the person, if that person wants to find someone. Um, and Datability is here just to make it easier and truly make love accessible. Yeah. That's your advice. And love my advice would be, you know, a lot of, I, I hear like, it's not what you do, but who you do it with. And I really believe that because of all the ups and downs with, with my health and, you know, varying degrees of limitation at any points in my life, it has always been my family and my friends who have been the constant. And that's something that I, I cherish always. Sure. And I know I couldn't get through life without this support and these people. And so finding that romantic person who is also going to be there is, is important. And I think that, you know, most people are looking for someone like that and maybe, you know, there doesn't have to be so much hurt on dateability. Um, there's just more. I really like that. I like that. Ladies, the, the uh, founder of the station, Paul Jones, he created it. And the tagline for the station is bringing people closer to God. One song, one podcast, one show at a time. Is spirituality a part of the platform? Do, can people put in their faith and what they're looking for? And that is that also part of it? Absolutely. Okay. And I, I do this often. I allow, and I can't believe I'm going to do this. And Matthew, I'm going to include you. Why? I'm not sure. But I allow <laughs> my guests. I allow my guests to turn the tables and ask me something. Is there anything that, as a podcast host, as a dating doctor, as a guy who just did two relationship shows today, anything you want to ask me on your behalf, on the behalf of those on your platform, on, and I will say this, if you ever want me to do a virtual seminar for you that you offer to your folks, I will do it graciously for free. You're doing it. You're doing bootstraps. I will be happy to be a part of that. Yeah, but, but I'll interview you. I will. But I'll interview you, you. You'll interview me? Yeah, That's I'll interview you. That'd a be very, so very, very good idea. It would be a very good idea. Ladies, what can I answer for you? Anything? Well, I guess what what would be your biggest advice for someone who's not a disability, non-disabled to pursuing a relationship or, you know, friendship for someone who is disabled. Okay. There's, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this because I think it works. There's, there's something that I teach my clients and my audiences and I call it the ABCs of initial interest. It's what to look for in the first five to 10 minutes that you meet someone. And just really simply the A is attraction. You're either attracted to someone or you're not, and it's not just physical; it's their ambiance, it's their, it's their, it's their personality, it's the feeling of being with them. And it's just this has been a lot of fun. And Alexa, you know, I'm a catch. You know, she's a catch. I, I love that. So I, I like brazen right in your face. The the B stands for believability. When you're talking to them, do they seem sincere, true, and genuine, or are they trying to top you? Can you can you tell there's deception? We can all tell that. Our skin begins to crawl. The C is chemistry, which is every type of attraction for someone except physical. Did they make you smile? Did they make you laugh? Was eye contact easy? Did time fly by? That's Then D is desire. There's physical desire and there's the desire to get to know them better. And after spending time with them, how was their energy? 
So when you first meet them, like, like Jacqueline, you said you want these people to get to know you a little bit before you go, by the way, there's this stomach thing. Did they enjoy it? Were they attracted to you? And I mean, attracted to you. It's hard not to be. You're pleasant. You're, you're funny. You're, you know, you've got a lot going on. Both of you do. Believable. You two are incredibly believable. You're incredibly honest. The chemistry, who wouldn't want to spend more time with you? Desire to get to know you better. And if anybody spends time with you two and their energy doesn't going up, go up, they're not trying. Mm -hmm. So that, those yeah. five things I would have people look for and then go, well, you know what? I feel them. Do you feel them too? Now let's let's probe a little further. What what does this mean? What does your disability mean? What would this mean for us if we made it that far as a couple? What hmm. would that mean? And see, with your site, I think the most important thing people have to disclose, disclose and discuss, is it possible and is it reasonable? Can't It can't be so difficult on a couple that the difficulty of being together outweighs the pleasure of being together. That's mm -hmm. the real thing. And that is why I think what you're doing is remarkable. I really do. Thank you. And that's great advice. And yeah, I mean, basically what you said is that I wish I had the chance to go through the ABCD of before having to disclose that. And if, if for you, it sounds like it's ABCS for stomach. Okay. Attraction, <laughs> readability, chemistry. Right. Oh, by the way, my stomach. Yeah. So if they could please let you get to E before yes. S. That would be great. Exactly. Okay. My question, I selfishly, I have so many issues when it comes to dating. So I'm like, <laughs> well, guess what, Alexa? You're in the club. I'm going to say this to the world because we go to, I think, about 126 countries, but uh, you now have, I'm going to give you two months of my time free oh. and I am gonna, I will be your relationship coach for the next two months free. And you can ask Matthew how much that is actually worth in terms of, yes. I'm very, you know, how honest you were about 10 minutes ago, multiply that. And that's your new coach. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be happy to help you. Oh, thank you. My question is, which applies to everybody, but I always leave wondering like they, you have the ABCDs. What if they weren't all there on the first date? Do you get go on a second date to see if they're there on the second date? Because for Absolutely. me, after the first, if they're not all there, I'm like, bye. <laughs> it all depends on which one is missing. Because okay. when I'm talking to an audience or a client, I go, look, can we please be honest with each other? The first thing we look for is whether or not we're attracted to someone because we can't walk up to them and go, nice personality. So, but you don't, they don't have to drop dead gorgeous or handsome, but you can't be repulsed. So if you meet someone, you're like, what? that's, it's, what are you going to do? There's, there's, there's four types of love. There's physical love. People are attracted. There's heartfelt. I love you. I'm so in love with you. There's friendship. Are we having a great time together? And then there's the love that God feels towards us and people feel toward their children. So eventually a couple, they've got to be attracted to each other. They've got to have. I really like you. I really like you too. I'm, I really have feelings for you. I have them for you. I really enjoy being around you. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I feel great about this. If those things are true, then they got to look at their love languages. If their love language is a high physical relationship and you have two people in a chair that that makes that very difficult or whatever, whatever two disabilities are that could make it very, very difficult for them to be physical and they are high on their physical need for love or words of affirmation. And the other person has difficulty doing that. So it's, it's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. Or just somebody, if one person's love language is physical and the other person's isn't my love language is not physical touch. I would be great in a long distance relationship. You can leave me alone. <laughs> But my love language is words of affirmation. And I have dated somebody who never wanted to pay me a compliment. That's and, outrageous. That's out. Yeah. First of all, I, I would that's say, outrageous. Why do you But it's me? not outrageous. Matthew, I'm going to push back. It's not outrageous. It would be like, it would be like mine being gift. I want to receive gifts. Mm -hmm. And Alexa's like, I'm not buying your love. You know right. what? I, I'd rather, I'd rather get a gift. See, I, and I am a, I would much rather create experiences with someone and have those memories yeah. than have a gift that I may or may not use again. So, right. and that's the type of thing that 
if you ever want me to do, if you want to have Matthew interview me and let everybody within your platform attend that for free, I'll be happy to do it. Um, Alexa, I will help you. Someone should be dating you. And they should be a nice human. We are running up close to our time here. What else should we cover before we run out of time? Do I get to ask a question? Yeah, Matthew, I was going to say, I'll let Close. Oh, wait, wait. I told Matthew he could ask me a question. I wish I had an alcoholic beverage and I don't drink. <laughs> um, I really don't have a good one, honestly, because we, we've talked about everything that I struggle with in the past. Um, but why do you think, and I think I know this answer, David, but like, why do you think globally society doesn't look at people with disabilities as like catches to use Alexa's word and, and I'm going to give you a very stable option. It's outside the comfort zone and it's outside their range of knowledge. There's so much they don't know that they don't even know where to begin. And it's outside their comfort zone. A lot of able-bodied people can't even meet another able-bodied person and make it to a second date. Right. Now you throw in someone with a disability and you you compound all the things they've done in the past poorly. Now you take something that's out of their frame of reference and out of their comfort zone, and they don't know what to do. Matthew, you changed my life. If I yeah. didn't have your life, I would probably still be hesitant to walk up to someone with a disability. I might be hesitant uh, to to do so many things. I wouldn't look at the world the way I do. Hey, there's no cut yeah. in that side. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, talk yeah. to this place. How can, I, can't even, I can get into your place, but what about that person? I've actually done that. I've gone right. into businesses and said, seriously, you don't have a way for a person with a disability. We're working on it. Work harder. Right. So you've changed my life that way. You're welcome. Um, and, and Jacqueline, I just want to add one thing to you. So the next time we hang out, I'm getting you a sidecar so you don't get tired. <laughs> I I mean, please do. That would be, I would pay someone for to. I will, or, or you can hop on the back of my chair. May I ask you, uh, this is probably the last question we're going to have time, but this is a really interesting question. When I go visit Matthew in Richmond, at the end of his street, there's a gorgeous park and we will go on a walk and roll. And I love it. When I visit him, it's amazing. If you were there, would you consider it a kind gesture and want to be, or it would be embarrassing, et cetera, if I were to push you with us so that you could go on a roll with us and a walk with us? but not put yourself in that pain, but we'd want to be in your presence. So where does being in our presence and having help versus not being able to do it yourself, I guess. Really good question. Um, well, for me, it totally depends on the day. You could do the walk a lot of days. Yeah. Um, but let's say you were planning on going on a five mile walk. Um, no, I think that would be kind. And I have had a friend offer this was something that I was absolutely not interested in, but he was like, I'm going to be going running um, a marathon and like, I will push you the entire way. And I was like 26 miles. You're like, I don't want to be. Yeah. No, it's like, no, no, thanks. I'm sure you've heard of team Hoyt. And if you haven't go, go look online, Google, Google team Hoyt. I will. And, and, but I think it's really, for me, it would be kind. And I've had, one of Alexa's boyfriends pushed me um, in a in a chair for <laughs> arthritis walk, and I it, love how you just said that. One of Alexa's boyfriends, yes. not very nice one. Yeah, he, that was a good deed he did, but it yeah. was yeah. So for me, you know, I I think always asking and being just like you did. Um, like I want to spend time with you. Will this make it easier? Um is is i know that with you when we go on walks around the neighborhood i say you let me know when you want to turn around because you know that i can always keep going so you tell me like it's up to you when you want to end this walk i'm good with whatever and i think like i'm I'm going to stop us right there because i am the one that's going to have to deal with paul jones when i send him with something that goes over an hour and he goes what were you thinking so i am going to thank all three of you matthew it's good to see you again as always always. a pleasure sir Thank you for adding what you did. Ladies, it's so nice to meet you. So nice uh, to meet you. Please know that you now have access to me. And whatever you want help with that site, I am willing to do it. I will you not may or may it. not want that, by the way. I'm just saying. Just kidding. But, uh, I think what you're doing is remarkable. 
And anything that makes this planet a little better, a little friendlier, a little more full of love and a little less hate that makes something easier for someone who's facing something difficult, count me all in. And I appreciate all three of you as guests. Uh, this will air next Wednesday on all the platforms. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to have you all on Bridging the Gap here on Bootleggers Music Group Radio. And hopefully we'll do it again. Thank Thanks you. Thanks to you all. Good night. Good night. Well done, sir. Nice job, you all. Oh, I think they jumped off. <laughs>